It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Coming up today on the Unscripted Ohio podcast, might Ohio State's game with Oregon State be a little bit closer than people are expecting? Mike Singer of beaversedge.com will join us to preview the Oregon State side. Mark Gibbler, Buckeye Grove recruiting analyst, will talk about a possible key visit or two coming up for the Buckeyes later this season, and also the debut of the Unscripted Mail segment. All up next on Unscripted Ohio. You are now listening to the Unscripted Ohio podcast, brought to you by Buckeye Grove. For all the latest Buckeyes news, analysis, reaction, and the best Ohio State community on the entire internet, head over to BuckeyeGrove.com or follow us on Twitter at Ohio State Rivals. Without any further delay, it's time to get unscripted. Broadcasting from Podcast Central, a place that is not his mother's basement. Hey, Ma, can we get some meatloaf? We promise. Here's your host, Kyle Lamb. Hey, little mood music as we get you into the weekend good friday everybody this is the unscripted ohio podcast and i am your host kyle lamb we're counting down the hours until the noon eastern saturday kickoff on abc we are inside of 24 hours well maybe inside of 24 hours depending on when you're listening but college football kickoff is here we got really going Thursday night, Northwestern Purdue. Rondell Moore, the freshman, looked amazing. That kid's going to be a stud. Minnesota, Texas A&M, several teams already playing. But we are on the brink of college football as Ohio State kicking it off tomorrow against Oregon State. I'm just as excited about the game coming up on ABC after it because Washington and Auburn should be one heck of a clash as well. National playoff implications already on the line. Uh, As much as you can have for an early season game, but number six against number nine, huge top 10 showdown in that one. Washington already getting some run as a college football playoff contender. This is a huge test for them 
taking on Auburn already. A friend of mine, Rocco, he's a, a, a guy that lives out in California, a Washington dude and awesome guy to talk to, but he's really excited saying this is probably maybe their biggest season opener in school history. So Washington-Auburn, definitely a game that I'm looking forward to, but we're here to talk about Ohio State and Oregon State. And so, you know, last week I, I said, actually on Monday, I think it was, I, I kind of predicted uh, Ohio State winning this game 45-10. to 10. I'm going to modify that uh, just, just a hair. I, I bumped it up uh, by three points each side. I'm kind of thinking 48-13. But I'm still looking at a 35-point win. I know the spread is 38 points. The uh, over-under, I think, is last I saw was like 64 points. So I'm taking the under as far as 38. I'm taking the under as far as the over-under. And I'm I'm going to explain my rationale because I know a lot of people are looking at this Oregon State team and saying, man, these guys are bad. They were 1-11 last year. They lost a lot of their roster. And they're going to be starting a lot of freshmen and sophomores. And I kind of have conflicting views on that because, you know, yeah, they did lose a lot, but when you lose a lot from a 1-11 team, is it really necessarily a bad thing? Uh, sometimes if you lose the guys that made you go 1-11, maybe you're better off with the freshmen and sophomores. And I know other people will look at it the other way around. Well, these are the guys that weren't good enough to play on a 1-11 team, so they're probably going to be really bad. But you just never really know for sure, but... We do know that come Saturday, Ohio State will be the far superior team as far as talent is concerned. And look, if Ohio State goes out and uh, just drums Oregon State to the tune of 63-7, to I'm really not going to be that surprised. But I'm kind of taking the under on this. And the reason being is it is so hard to beat a power conference team, even a bad one like this, it's so hard to beat a power conference team by nearly 40 points. And and the only reason is to be on pace to win a game like that, you really got to come out firing on all cylinders. And I'm not saying Ohio State can or won't do that on Saturday, but Dwayne Haskins, for as talented as he is, and I mean he's got the arm, the accuracy, the ability to be the number one quarterback taken in the NFL draft within the next two years. For as talented as he is, he's still a first-time starter. And you just never know what you're going to get from a guy. You know, he could come in. You know, I think the mission, I think the expectation from Ohio State fans for this game tomorrow is that you're going to see a fired-up, motivated, angry football team that's going to win one for the Gipper, right? You know, they're, they're going out there. They want to prove a point. They want to win this for Urban Meyer. That's all well and good. And I'm not saying that motivation can't play a part, but I think motivation is overrated. I think just starting the college football season, these guys are going to be motivated. They're going to go out and make an example with or without Urban Meyer on the sidelines. But I also think sometimes being too jacked up can work against you. When you get a team that's young or inexperienced especially, and, and Ohio State's not really young and inexperienced. I mean, they're, they're breaking in a couple new guys at key positions. You know, Michael Jordan stepping in for Billy Price and Dwayne Haskins stepping in at quarterback for JT Barrett. Those are key positions, but 
the rest of Ohio State's team, for the most part, definitely experienced and not young. But I still think being too jacked up can work against you. If you come out, you're trying so hard, you know, Dwayne Haskins trying to thread the needle downfield, make a perfect pass that could get picked off. You know, maybe he stares down a receiver, goes for a pick six. Uh, you know, maybe the offensive line not focused and get some false start penalties. You get some holding penalties. Maybe you you fumble the ball early. Special teams blunders. There are a lot of things that can go wrong, and I don't think enough is going to go wrong to, for Ohio State to have any chance of losing this game. But I do think this is one of those situations where when you're trying to stack up what might happen relative to a near 40-point victory, you just never know. Uh, you know, all it takes is one bad quarter. Like I said, a pick six, let's say a pick six, a couple of mistakes, you're down 10-7 at the end of the first quarter. Well, that's really hard to come back and win a game by 38 points. Not impossible, but it, it, you're really kind of behind the eight ball. And then, of course, at the end of the game, if you, you get in some of your your second and third teamers in the game, as Ryan Day has said he wants to, especially now with the new redshirt rules. Remember, you can play up to four games in the season at any point in time. This is going to allow him a chance to get some new guys in there, and he's, he wants to do that. He's already said he wants to do that. Well, you get up, let's say, 40, 42 points, and all of a sudden your third teamers or second teamers or third teamers in the fourth quarter give up touchdown, and then there goes the 38-point spread. So, I'm saying 48-13. It's not necessarily a bad thing, though. You know, look, just like if Ohio State wins the game 63-7, to you're still going to say, well, it's Oregon State. we got to wait and see if Ohio State's for real. But the same way, just because they only win, let's say if they only win by 31-35 points, that doesn't mean this team's got problems. you just got to be patient. We'll see this, what this team is capable of over the next several weeks. They've obviously got a, their work cut out for him. Uh, it's going to be a tough schedule. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen with this team and this game. It could wind up being a blowout. They could win by 60 points because they're that much better than Oregon State. But I, I'm going to take the under on this with the qualifier that talent-wise, this, this could be an absolute route tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Uh, on the show today, so I've got, uh, coming up here in a minute, I've got Mike Singer. He is the publisher of BeaversEdge.com. We're going to preview this game from the Oregon State angle. He'll tell you about the Beavers, what to look for with, with a, a new coach there, a new quarterback, breaking in a lot of new young guys. So Mike Singer coming up here in a second. Mark Givler of Buckeye Grove, recruiting analyst, will be on here later in the show. We'll get into some recruiting. There are a couple guys this week that Mark reported on that Ohio State may be sneaking in on possibly getting big visits here coming up later this fall. We'll get into that with Mark, and I'll give you the details on that. And coming up at the end of the show, in the Buckeye Beat segment, it is our first edition of the Unscripted Mail. Uh, I want everybody to be aware, you're more than welcome to get in questions to me. We're going to do the Unscripted Mail segment every Friday. So you can tweet at me uh, with at, at KYLAM8 with the hashtag Unscripted Mail, and feel free to ask a question. It could be football-related, basketball-related. Uh, in this case... You know, all the drama with Zach Smith and Courtney Smith, obviously this continues filtering out little things here and there. You're more than welcome to ask questions about that as well. But either way, feel free to reach out at KYLAM8 on Twitter. Use the hashtag UnscriptedMail and fire your, your questions away. 
and we'll get back to him next Friday with another round. But that is coming up later on the show. You can also email me at Kyle at BuckeyeGrove.com if you would like to get a question in that way. So email me or tweet at me at KYLAM8 and use the hashtag UnscriptedMail and fire away your questions, your hate mail, your comments, your love, your praise, your admiration, whatever you want to do, fire away. Just make it family-friendly, and I'll try to address as many as I can on the segment. So in the meantime, let's break down the nuts and bolts of the Oregon State Beavers with Mike Singer. All right, I'm joined now by Mike Singer of BeaversEdge.com. They are a site on the Rivals Network covering the Oregon State football team. Mike, I appreciate you taking the time uh, this this Thursday morning to to preview this game for us. Yeah, no problem. It's good talking. Uh, So let's start with this. There's a great paradox here uh, with the Oregon State football team this year because it's one of those cases where uh, they're very young and inexperienced, but it's like, you know, it, it's a 1-11 in football team, so sometimes maybe new blood in this kind of case could actually be a good thing. Uh, obviously, there's a new coach there. What's the what's the vibe for this team going in with all the youth and inexperience, uh, you know, coming off a, a, a really bad season? Uh, I think there's two quick uh, little mantras, maybe. One's, why not us? and the other is we've got nothing to lose. I don't know if the Oregon State players are saying that, but I think that's kind of something that on, uh, on the BeaversEdge.com message board, that's kind of what the fans and, and even our writers are saying. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, Oregon State can go out and play loose, and they don't really have anything to lose. Uh, I think for this weekend, uh, really the biggest goal is really just to, to come out with no injuries and, and just really be competitive. And I think that's kind of the theme for this season is, Everyone knows this is going to be a rebuilding season for Oregon State. They're not expected to win many games at all. Um, so just just be competitive, um, stay healthy, and next year they have some actually incoming transfers that we learned about this week um, from Nebraska. Uh, so I'm sure Ohio State fans are familiar with some guys like Avery Roberts and Tristan Jebbia. Um, so those guys are coming into Oregon State and will be eligible for next season. So it's really, again, this season is just about being competitive, getting those young guys some experience, and maybe next year with some new blood um, in the team, you know, they can push for a bowl game potentially. With a new coach, there's obviously uh, new systems on both sides of the ball. You know, Jonathan Smith coming over from Washington as the offensive coordinator there was obviously mentored Jake Browning, and you know that's one of his calling cards. What's the what's the offensive system uh, that's going to be in place this year for Oregon State like? Sure. So you have uh, Smith obviously coming over from Washington, and then the offensive coordinator and play caller will be Brian Lindgren, who came over from Colorado. Uh, and Lindgren's offense at Colorado is really uh, 10 and 11 personnel. So you have uh, 11 personnel, three receivers, one tight end, one running back, and then 10 personnel, one running back, and four receivers, no tight end. So I expect a lot of that. Um, spread offense, uh, whether they go tempo or not is to be seen. I'm not sure. But um, they'll run the ball a lot with Artavis Pierce, who's a true junior running back from Florida that they have. Uh good downhill, strong runner, uh, and then quarterback Jake Luton, really just a game manager. Um, he's got a strong arm. He's 6'7", 230, so he's big uh, in the pocket and can certainly see over the defensive line. Um, so 
I, I expect them to, to run the ball a decent bit to try to set up Jake Luton in the, in the passing game and, the, and certainly play action suits his style well. So offensively, like I said, spread offense, um, and they'll try to open up the, the, the run game. That's really their only chance of having success is to be able to run the ball, and that's going to be pretty tough against uh, you know Bosa and the Ohio State defense. You know, Luton is obviously, you mentioned, really big kid. He's not known as a runner, but they have tried to run him in the past. Do you think that this staff is going to, to, to make, you know, make an attempt to do that, or do you think no. that they realize his limitations? <laughs> yeah, no, and it's actually interesting. You, you mentioned the word limitations. So on, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, uh, Brian Lindgren said point blank, yeah, Jake's got limitations. We're not like they put in some um, – design quarterback run plays when the the quarterback battle is still ongoing in fall camp the two other quarterbacks are, are a little bit more dual threat guys but Glingren said point blank yeah we're not going to run those plays with jake so it, jake got hurt last year when he scrambled and he had a brutal spine injury and he's lucky to be even playing football this year and, he, and he's back to 100 percent. but I, I would be shocked if they have some designed run plays maybe if they're on the goal line. They do a you know a naked bootleg or something. Then you could see that. But otherwise, I would be shocked if there's design run plays. Luton can move for a guy his size. Um, he doesn't look very fast, but I think he's uh, deceptively uh, fast for how big he is. But yeah, I would be pretty shocked if he did uh, much running. Yeah, I always remind myself, even guys like that can outrun me, so I, I'm never going to take <laughs> shots at, at mobility of a, of a kid like that because uh, I would be left in the dust on 40 time. Uh, so on defense, Oregon State is transitioning into a 3-4 defense. Obviously, defense uh, pretty much in every way, especially pass defense, but defense was just not up to snuff last year in the 111 season. And uh, this move to the 3-4, I imagine it's going to take some time to really get the personnel in there they're looking for. Yeah, well, last season they they ran a multiple defense, 3-4, and then they ran some 2-4-5. Uh, and this year they're going to really run a 3-4. and So they're basically the same multiple defense. So they'll have 3-4, that's kind of you know the base. And then um, because Oregon State's so thin on the defensive line, they'll, they'll run two down, two down linemen sets as well. Um, they had a, a young man named Jeremy Reichner who was going to be a starting defensive end. He went down, and he was looking like the best defensive end, and he's going to be out for the first few games of the season. So, yeah, the, it, it's a really thin defensive line. One of the guys who's going to be seeing a lot of playing time is listed at uh, six foot two sixty five, and he's a true freshman. So this is going to be his very first college football game going against guys who are a lot bigger than him, and it's just going to be a, it's, it's a tough matchup for Oregon State's front seven. The secondary for the Beavers is already pretty banged up with injuries, and that's been a theme for that unit over the past uh, couple of seasons. They've just been decimated with injuries and can't stay healthy. So defensively for Oregon State, it's going to be a really, really tough game. Their, their best bet is just to you know let the Oregon State running game uh, keep them off the field and, and uh, stay rested and energized uh, because the matchup certainly does not favor them. 
Do you see Oregon State really just, you know, with Dwayne Haskins being you know, a first-time official starter for Ohio State, do you see them coming up and, and maybe putting eight in the box and, and try to take Ohio State's, uh, you know, run game away and just make Haskins beat them with his arm? Do you see that happening on Saturday? I, I really don't know what to expect. Um, this is, it's going to be interesting. I, I think that's a, a good possibility. Um, to try to stop the run game and make him throw the ball downfield, sure. But then I think about Oregon State secondary, and one of their starting quarterbacks is Dwayne Williams, who is solid, but he's five nine. So he's, you know, I'm sure Ohio State's got some big receivers. And then the other starting quarterback for Oregon State is a redshirt freshman, so he's going to be seeing his first game experience. So I'm not sure if you want to put some of Oregon State DBs on an island. So you know, like I said, it's a tough matchup for them. So you mentioned Oregon State's uh, mantra, you know, why not us? Uh, you know, what, what's the uh, the confidence level going in there to Ohio State, uh, you know, on Saturday and, and at least competing and, and uh, you know, giving their best foot forward? Right. Yeah, so the, the, I wouldn't say that's their mantra. It's at least something that we've been saying. I'm, okay. not, sure exa- I'm not sure if they're preaching that. But um, I, some of the guys this week in interviews with the media have just said we're excited. We're, you know, um, uh, they haven't, you know, guaranteed any wins or anything. They're just saying we're excited to go in and and play football. You know, I think under this new era with Coach Smith, um, he is really fired up about being back at his alma mater and, and coaching the team. And you know, like I said, they're going to go out there and play loose and uh, don't have any expectations really. They just uh, go out there and play a competitive game. Then um, it'll be a win, and if they can stay healthy, then that'll be good too. Mike Singer, he is the publisher of BeaversEdge.com. You can catch him on Twitter at Rivals underscore Singer. Mike, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to preview this game Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, guys. It's time to go inside Ohio State recruiting and take a peek behind the scenes with Buckeye Grove recruiting guru Mark Gibbler and his magical orb of wonderment. They said it couldn't be done but he's outdone himself once more. Back for another recruiting roundup. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. All right, Mark's with me now, and we've got some recruiting to go into. And, Mark, it's almost game day, so, like, football is finally here, and we can – I know the drama has not ended yet. It's still – trickling in with Ohio State deciding to to slowly bleed us with the, with the uh the public records you know over the course of the next several weeks and uh little things here and there it's it's not completely over but we do have football to talk about at least yeah it'll it'll be a nice little distraction i think for everyone for at least a couple days until they uh release more findings it's kind of like a death by a thousand paper cuts at this point it seems like with with uh every every time you think um the the focus has kind of shifted to football we we uh get a new document so yeah but, just you know, just, just another you know obviously we don't need to spend a lot of time on it but it's just it, just another thing that i don't understand why ohio state has handled the way they did you know why not just make sure everything's in order and release all these things all at once just you know put them out there and then then it's done you know let people pick pick apart everything all at once if they want to but i just feel like giving one two three documents at a time is just going to allow people to just continue to bleed these stories out and pick apart details and it just didn't make any sense to me 
Oh, I'm sure this is a dream for national columnists. I mean, they're getting new material um, you know, every couple of days. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, I maybe media pressure is the reason here. I mean, if, if they if they say, say something to the effect of, look, we're going to release it all at once, but it's going to take a month, you know, what type of outcry is that going to cause you know so i don't know if they're caving here to to media as they um as they do this instead of just waiting um uh, my understanding is uh some some hipaa type of stuff is is holding up some of the documents as is my understanding as to why they couldn't uh release it all immediately and why some of this is taking um longer to release than others um but yeah it's uh it's not uh, helping if if you want this to if you want to rip the bandaid off and make this go away. This is not the way to go about it. No, this is definitely not. And we've commented so much. It's so funny because because last week we talked about the PR. We were talking actually, I think on last Monday about the PR disaster that Ohio State has been. And then sure enough, Wednesday we get that twelve-hour marathon board meeting, and then the subsequent uh, press conference that couldn't have gone any worse for Ohio State than it did. Yeah, they uh, you just continually scratch your head. I mean, you just it's 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 not just the situation. I mean, this has been an ongoing Ohio State problem for at least a decade now. <laughs> is is uh, properly handling these situations? So uh, it's almost you know whatever you think is not the right way to go, you almost have to expect that at this point. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. So on Saturday we have uh, a small visitor list for Ohio State for a new, you know, a number of reasons. I mean, number one, you know, you've mentioned this several times on the Horseshoe Lounge on Buckeye Grove that, you know, it is Oregon State, not exactly a huge game, uh, first one of the season, but still not a huge game. And also with Urban not being there, this is not an ideal time necessarily to have some of your your big hitters come in. Uh, but tell us what's on tap here for this weekend as far as the visitors are concerned and, and some of the names that people should be familiar with coming in. Yeah, I, I think the visitor list, I mean, it's a small list right now up on our on our board right now. I, I think it'll get a little bigger, whether that will be more filler with maybe local prospects that are just kind of, uh, you know, maybe plan B, plan C guys or whatever. I mean, that may be the case. I, I, don't, I don't know that we're going to see a ton of big names added at this point that, that aren't already um, on the list. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it's, you know, it's 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 not the ideal weekend to have your your plan A guys anyway. Uh, you would want uh, Urban Meyer around and, and to, to be able to, to talk to those guys. But um, th- there are some there are some good names. Um, you know, Diamante Trainum, um, running back. Is he running back? Is he linebacker? You know, what is he? Um, a twenty twenty kid out of Akron Hoban um, is is one of just I, I believe I think four guys in that class so far in Ohio with an offer from Ohio State. So so he's going to be back. Um, they're co-leading with Clemson. Clemson hasn't offered, so I mean, essentially, this is this is Ohio State's uh, recruitment to lose at this point. Um, so he's going to be on campus. Uh, Rayshon Williams, we we I did mention that last week. I think when you asked me for the kind of an early um, outlook or whatever for what this list might look like, and he was like, he was the guy I kind of threw out there. He he has kind of reconfirmed that that's is his intention to to be there Saturday. He's one of the best receivers in the 2020 class out of Detroit King. Um, so I mean, that's one that I think Ohio State leads, and I think they lead 
by a pretty good margin right now. Uh, I, I don't think anything's going to happen this weekend, but um, that's definitely a, a good name. Um, you know, interesting guy in state, Trey LaRue, a, a 2020 offensive lineman. Uh, he's at Norwalk this year. Um, tra- transferred there this offseason. He was at uh, Monroeville, I believe, last year. Um, so he's a he's a big six eight offensive lineman who who camped this summer. Um, you know, has some physical ability. Um, you know, kind of growing into his body right now. But a guy that you know he's going to get a a good look uh, from a lot of the top programs in the Midwest. So I mean, there's some you know some interesting names. You know, and again, you know, I mentioned Rayshon Williams. Well, De- Devell Washington, also another 2020 receiver out of Michigan, uh, earned an offer at Friday Night Lights. Um, has has visited now a couple times. Um, you know, uh, since the summer began, um, another guy very high on Ohio state. So, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, it's not, it's not the longest list, but there are some, some names, you know, worth following for sure. Yeah. And I, I think noticeably absent on your list is the fact there's not any, any notice, you know, any, uh, 2019 kids to speak of. And like you said, that doesn't mean there won't be any 19 kids coming in as the list grows over the next 24 hours. But it's just interesting that none of their 19 targets will be coming in for this game. Right. And I think, um, again, I think that, uh, I, I think urban, the urban Meyer factor there is important. Um, you know, if you're a 2019 kid right now and you're a top priority, um, you're not going to bring him in on the official because Urban's not with the program until Monday. Um, and even with an unofficial, you don't know how many of those you're going to get from a kid that's only got, you know, at most four or five months left in his recruiting process. You don't want to burn that again with, with Urban not being there. Um, do you want to burn something like that now, knowing that you may not get them back for another unofficial later? And, you know, cause kids kind of want to go out and see different schools and they don't want to be, you know, at the same school five different times in a season. So you kind of want to hold those guys off, um, you know, probably until October. Um, but it, it, yeah, I mean, it's, there's not, uh, 2019 is a little stagnant right now too. And then, you know, that's, that's, that's maybe a whole different topic, but, um, just kind of building off of, you know, the reasons for, for why this is a little light in 2019. There, there's a little bit of stagnation here that, that, that I think will, uh, start to start to go away once Myers really back, uh, in the swing of things. So there are a, a pair of 2019 kids that you had news on this past week on Buckeye Grove, and I want to touch on them here before I let you go. Uh, so the one that I thought was the most interesting, a guy that you really, really like, and I mean, who doesn't, but Nolan Smith, uh, the number 10 player in the Rivals 2019 rankings, number two defensive end. And you've said many times you think he may be the best player in this class. So uh, he's, of course, a Georgia commitment, but uh, you think Ohio State may have a good chance now of landing a visit? Yeah, I mean, he's he's um, been hinting at it for really for a while, really for about six months. But um, And I've talked to him in person several times. I've been down to IMG a few times. Um, obviously talked to him uh, last week. Um this seemed like the most serious he was about the visit. Uh, it, back in the spring, you know, he's kind of thrown it out there, and then in 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 and uh, you know later, uh, or I'm sorry, back in like the winter, back in like February March, he was kind of throwing it out there, and then uh, later in the spring when I went back, it, it, he was he kind of walked it back a little bit. Well, now it's really 
I mean, that was the first guy. Not only was it the Ohio State was the first guy out of his mouth, but I didn't even ask him about other schools. It was a Georgia question. It was a. It was a. The question was, hey, you know, kind of, what are you looking forward to about the Georgia, you know, Bulldogs kicking off their season type of type of question. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, I I, I really uh, really you know looking forward to watching them. And then he kind of went into, but I'm gonna do these other visits. And he like he. <laughs> It kind of took on a life of its own from there. I mean, once he opened up uh, Pandora's box, I kind of went with it. But, but um, it, it's it seems more serious than ever in terms of his intention to visit. Now, from there, I don't know. I haven't talked to anyone who thinks he's going to flip from Georgia. He's he's from the Savannah area. Um, you know, are are these free trips for him? You know, that's that's up for debate. Um, but. You know, Larry Johnson has definitely uh, done a great job recruiting him. He is close with Teron Vincent, the freshman defensive tackle at Ohio State. Teron has been giving him really good feedback on his time at Ohio State so far and has even told him a few things that Larry Johnson has taught him. And, and that's really kind of resonated with Nolan where, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, he's seeing his, his buddy learning all these things already from Larry Johnson. He's only been on campus a couple months, and I think that has him interested. So... Uh, we'll see where it goes, and and uh, I I would say to I mean for, for for my from my point of view he's by far the best player I've seen in 2019, and I've seen most of them at this point. It's it's amazing. I always tell myself like I, how come I never get lucky? That's an interviewer's dream for you to ask that kind of question and get that kind of answer. That's just like it never happens to me. I get I get so frustrated. I I hear about reporters and interviewers getting those kinds of questions, getting those kind of answers all the time. And I never managed to get them. I'm, I feel left out. Yeah, it, you know, I I didn't know how. You know, you don't you don't want to like when a kid's committed, you know, to another school that, other than the school that you're covering. You don't want to like you know ram it down their throat in terms of you know oh Ohio State this and Ohio State that. So you know, I always warm the kids up a little bit with with some some easy questions and just kind of get them going, and then I kind of let them take the lead on that. And he went like right down that path for me. I'm like, well, I guess we're I guess we're talking about this. So, I mean, I was eventually going to you know mention, hey, are you going to take a few officials? But, but I had not uh, even approached that point yet in in the uh, interview. And he was uh, off and running about uh, about Ohio State. So, um, you know, it was uh, it was definitely uh, it was definitely eye opening to me. Just you know. Him talking about the Teron Vincent thing, I thought was was interesting because um, he really uh, he had a lot to say. I mean, some kids are like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go visit. I'm gonna take my officials. I'm gonna do this and that," and then you kind of follow up, and they don't really say anything. And it's like, "Oh, you're not that interested in that school. You don't. You haven't. You know. You don't even know it. You know. I asked you a question about the school, and you you could barely you know form an answer. You know. That's when you know it's kind of fake. Um, but but he had some real insight to provide on on his reasoning and, and things like that. So I don't know. I I could I think I think he's going to pop up in Columbus at some point. So we'll see. So uh, the other guy I wanted to ask you about. So this time last year, Ohio State was arguably the presumptive favorite for running back Noah Kane. And they have since, you know, fallen way behind. And, and there was a point, you know, a couple months ago, you didn't even think that they had a chance to get a visit. I mean, they were basically, he was down to six schools and, and Ohio State may not even get an official out of those, out of those six. But now you're starting to sense, if, if nothing else, they might get a visit. And uh, who knows, maybe they're actually creeping back into the race a little bit. Is that, is that too presumptuous? I, I, I think that's about, I think that's about right. Um, you know, it, it felt during the summer like 
No, I mean, Noah has great respect for Tony Alford. He, he, he's very close with J.K. Dobbins. I, I know he really likes Ohio State, but it felt into the like late spring and into the summer that that he was simply kind of keeping him on the list as almost a respect thing, and it just didn't feel like things were moving in any type of direction that was going to lead to a positive outcome. Um, and I, I still think, I mean, there's a lot of, there's ground to make up here. I mean, there's, there's no question. I mean, there's, there's, there's no question that they're behind a couple schools. I mean, I, certainly they're behind LSU. Um, but it, it, it kind of just talking to him and it, it's kind of starting to come full circle a little bit where I think some other schools have taken some running backs, you know, and it's things have you know, time has kind of. I don't want to say healed all wounds. It's not like it's not like Noah was upset that they, you know, that they took a couple of backs. I mean, they were very upfront with him about it, and he's always said that he respected um, Tony Alford for that. But, but just sort of, I think the initial reaction of, oh, do I really want to be, you know, the second or third running back in this class? Or I think some of that is worn off to where he's looking around, and like, you oh, know, a lot of these other schools are looking at other running backs too, and um, it just it feels like. Uh, the timing is working out where he's waiting and Ohio, this gives Ohio state a chance to figure out, you know, their numbers and their roster situation and what, and you know, what's going on with steel chambers in terms of his future position. And, and it just, it, it's starting to come together to a point where, I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you can't rule anything out here yet. I, I think, um, he, he's very adamant about visiting for that Michigan game. So, um, and again, I didn't know that that would be possible a month or two ago. It just felt like it wasn't moving in that direction. Well, you know, I think we've talked about this, too. It, it, it's one of those, you always get the effect of sometimes it's good to not be a leader for a period of time because, you know, you know how recruiting works. These schools all recruit against each other. And so you just if you just stay involved, you know, all these coaches are worried about the other schools because they don't think you're a major player. And then all of a sudden, you know, at the end, there you are. They've all negative recruited everybody, everybody else on the list. And, you know, you have a chance to sneak in there. And I think maybe that could be working for Ohio State's favor right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said this several times with like the Florida or Texas guys. It's like when they, especially if it's like a five or six team deal, if it's a one or two, if it's like a two team deal, it's, it's, it's not the end of the world, but if it's a five or six team deal, it's a kids can take five officials and then go through the whole thing. All being a leader is, is, is that just means the other four or five schools gang up on you. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what happens. Um, so if you're leading, you know, you know, five other top 10 programs for a kid, they are now, they know who their target is and then now they know, okay, so now you got five schools picking you apart to this kid and it can, it can definitely hurt. Um, we've seen a couple of recruitments come full circle here the last couple of years and I don't, know that I'm ready to put Noah Kane in this category yet. Um, but, you know, Dwayne Haskins came completely full circle, probably for different reasons than, than, um, than Kane. But, you know, Dwayne Haskins was huge Buckeye fan growing up, you know, was essentially a guy that if they just, you know, had recruited him maybe as hard as they recruited uh, Jared Guarantano at the time and, and some other guy, you know, that could have been a match. Um, and then it wasn't. And then he went to Maryland 
And then all the craziness happened at the end where Ohio State needed a quarterback and there was, you know, stuff going on at Maryland and and it just get it it just came full circle. And 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 um, you know, I would say similarly, though I never felt Ohio State led at any point or anything like that, but they stuck around Tyreek Johnson long enough that eventually it just sort of happened for them. Um, so it can happen. Um and, and and this has maybe some signs of that right now, but um, I, I, like I said, I do think they have some work to do. And um, the LSU thing, I think, will be interesting because I think I I think Ed Orgeron's got a a pretty big uh, microscope on him right now. I mean, LSU's probably the the school I would ha- I would guess for Noah right now, and and and. But Orgeron's got to have a good year. I mean, what happens if if there's a coaching shakeup? Um, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that can play out over the next few months that can continue to move this either in in, in Ohio State's direction or away from Ohio State, depending on how things go. But um, it's definitely one of those that you you, just, you you keep an eye on and see what happens. These examples, these conversations, folks, these are these are why you need patience when dealing with recruiting, uh, not only to signing day but through signing day because you never know how these kids are going to progress and develop once they actually get on campus. But this is this is exactly why you just gotta. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You just gotta hold your breath and and roll with the punches. <laughs> so, uh, well, Mark, I appreciate the update, and uh, we'll catch you again uh, probably next weekend. Sounds good. Have a good one. Stretch Runtime here at Unscripted Ohio. Kick up your feet as we cross the finish line with the Buckeye Beat, the latest in Ohio State news and notes. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's time now for the Buckeye Beat. Before we wrap things up today, we have our first Unscripted Mail segment. Uh, We are going to do this every Friday. Like I said earlier, if you would like to ask a question in the Unscripted Mail segment, which will come during the Buckeye Beat at the end of every Friday episode, please tweet at me at KYLAM8. Have your question and make sure you include the hashtag UnscriptedMail. That is the best way I can find it. I can find all the questions together and it'll help me get through these uh, without you know going insane throughout the week trying to find them. So tweet at me at KYLAM8. Use the hashtag UnscriptedMail with your questions, comments, fan mail, hate mail, whatever. I'll try to address it if I can. You can also email me, kyle at buckeyegrove.com, with the same question. Just include the subject line, unscripted mail. So let's get right down to the debut of unscripted mail. Our first question comes from at Tisha77. His question is, do you see all four guys uh, getting carries on Sunday? Those four guys being J.K. Dobbins, Mike Weber, Master Teague and Brian Sneed. Great question, and I actually do. From what Ryan Day has said throughout the week in interviews, it sounds to me like they're very high on all four guys. Obviously, it goes without saying that Dobbins and Weber were going to get carries, barring any injuries. They were going to get carries on Saturday no matter what. But I actually think if this game turns out to be the lopsided victory for Ohio State that we've been expecting. I do think that Sneed and Teague will get carries. You know, Antonio Williams is gone, so I think there's an opportunity for both of them to see the football on Saturday. So yes, I think Dobbins, Weber, Sneed, and Teague, all four, 
will get a chance to carry the football against the Oregon State Beavers on Saturday. Our next question coming from Jess at Buckeye Extra Girl 2 underscore O. What kind of presence do you think Haskins will be on the field locker room compared to other former quarterbacks? Don't really have a grasp on his personality or leadership style. Everything I've heard about Haskins is that he has really come out of his shell over the last year. I don't think he's the natural vocal leader that JT Barrett was, but I think this fall he has more confidence in his abilities. I think he knows it's his team, and I think guys in that situation, as the season will go along, I think he's going to be more comfortable being a vocal leader for Ohio State. So that's a great question, and I actually think it's going to be one of the keys to the season. Can Haskins command a presence in the huddle? Can the the Ohio State offense look to him to settle them down if things aren't going well? You know, if he throws a pick, if they give up a couple defensive touchdowns, if they get behind, will Dwayne Haskins be the guy that can settle settle them down in the huddle and lead them to a victory when the going gets tough? That is going to be a, a real key component to this team because we know that was JT Barrett's strong suit. That was the thing that set him out from all the rest. So how Haskins handles the leadership stuff will go a long way into determining how good Ohio State is in 2018. Next question comes from a man at Bohan Bomber. He asks, what are the stone-cold lead pipe locks for the playoff this year? I actually think there's only one that I think is kind of close to a lock, and I think that's Clemson. Uh, I think Clemson is not necessarily the best team in the country. I think Alabama and potentially Ohio State could be better than Clemson. Clemson and Ohio State, I think, are right there on the same level going into the season. I think Ohio State has a higher ceiling than Clemson does, but I also think because of the ACC being a little down on paper this year, I actually like Clemson's chance to get to the playoffs a little more than Ohio State. Remember, Ohio State is going to have to go through Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State in the East, as well as Wisconsin and potentially in the Big Ten Championship game. So, I'm going to say Clemson more so than Alabama just because of the, their talent level as well as the conference they play in. Next question, a non-football-related question, has to do with the Zach and Courtney drama and all the stuff surrounding Ohio State and Urban Meyer. Uh, my man Michael, at 216 underscore wildboy, he asked, do I think Brett McMurphy will be sued, and when will Drake be fired slash resign? That is Michael Drake, Ohio State president. Uh I do think some sort of lawsuit could come from Zach Smith and his attorney Brad Koffel toward Brett McMurphy, but just keep in mind, any defamation suit is really going to be tough to prove because you have to prove, you have to show that something is false, and then you have to show there is, uh, you know, some kind of malicious intent, and that could be as simple as just being reckless to, towards towards the actual facts, but it is still a very very tough legal hurdle to jump over. So if there is any lawsuit against Brett McMurphy, I don't think it's going to wind up being successful. But that doesn't mean that Zach Smith and his attorney won't go after Brett. It's just going to be a tough case if they do. As far as Michael Drake, I don't think he's going to get fired. I don't think he's going to resign. I don't think he's going to be re-signed when his contract is up next year. So uh, I think you're just going to have to sit this one out uh, as far as waiting for Drake to you know, resign or be fired because I think he's going to finish out his contract. I, I think the blame game 
uh, goes well beyond just Michael Drake. I don't think he's the reason we're in this position as much as he may have vouched for a suspension for Urban Meyer. He wasn't the only one. And so, yeah, I don't see Michael Drake being fired or resigning. And finally, to wrap things up on the Unscripted Mail segment, we've got some basketball questions from my guy uh, at 614OSU underscore BB. You know him on Twitter as Ohio State Hoops Recruiting Account. Uh, Great follow, by the way, if you're interested in Ohio State basketball recruiting. He asked a couple questions here. First, he said, what are my thoughts about EJ Lydell and his possibility of joining the Buckeyes? This is a very timely question because I did not address it today. But this weekend, probably as you may be listening to this, depending on when you're listening to this, E.J. Lydell, a top 50 wing from Belleville, Illinois, is visiting Ohio State. This is his first official visit. And by all accounts, there's a very good chance that E.J. Lydell winds up signing with Ohio State. He would be in that 2019 recruiting class along with point guard D.J. Carton and forward Alonzo Gaffney, who you may remember got things rolling back in the spring. So I do think Lydell, who was visiting this weekend, I think he's going to wind up being a Buckeye. The only question for me is, does he do it after this visit when he gets back, or does he wind up taking a few more visits? He's he's got a final five right now, which includes Wisconsin, Kansas State, and Missouri, as well as Ohio State. So... Uh, I think he will be a Buckeye. I just don't know if he's going to take any other visits. So we'll see what happens. But yes, I do think Lydell will join the Buckeyes. And to his other question, who do you think will complete the 2019 class? Again, I think it'll be Lydell. And I think that's the only guy they wind up taking, although they are looking at some other guys. But they would be out of scholarships if Lydell joins the class. Uh, Another question he asks, what do you think recruits most look forward to when they visit Ohio State? Honestly, I don't think there's any one question. I think for some kids who are maybe worried about that stigma, all they're a football school, I think there are some that want to see the basketball facilities, see the detail and commitment to the basketball program. I think for some kids that is a factor. I think that part is overblown. I don't think the whole football school thing help or help hurts Ohio State in most cases. In fact, I actually think there's a lot of basketball kids that visit in the fall that absolutely love the fact they're taking in a football game at Ohio Stadium. You know, them getting to see football at the Horseshoe, I think is the highlight of the visit for a lot of kids. Even even if they're being told by other coaches that, well, Ohio State's a football school, instead of reinforcing that opinion, it actually works against those coaches in some cases because I think they love the fact that they could go to a school that has big-time football and big-time basketball. So if I'm going to pick something out, I actually think football game days are Ohio State's best asset for visits. And I know Thad Mata loved embracing the official visits during the fall because football game days are the best atmosphere you could possibly give for Ohio State basketball recruits. Anyhow, thanks to everyone that participated in this first mail, unscripted mail segment. Like I said, get your questions to me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Use the hashtag unscriptedmail. I'd love to address it next week. We'll be back next Friday with the next Unscripted Mail segment. Of course, we will be back on Monday to wrap up the game. Ross Fulton of Buckeye Grove will be along. We will recap what we saw, Ohio State, Oregon State over the weekend. And then we'll kind of talk a little bit of football uh, also on Monday's show. 
recap that big Washington-Auburn game and anything else that stood out from weekend college football. So that's going to wrap things up for the Unscripted Ohio podcast. Again, thank you to everyone for all your questions. We'll make sure we make this a regular segment and be back next week as we recap the first week of college football. Join us on BuckeyeGrove.com Mondays and Fridays. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. We'll be back again Monday, everybody. Have a great weekend. Go Bucks. You can get new episodes of Unscripted Ohio on Mondays and Fridays exclusively at BuckeyeGrove.com or anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all things Ohio State. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.